Hello, and welcome to the European Patients Podcast, your source for scintillating conversation and news around the world of patient advocacy and empowerment. This podcast is brought to you by the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe. My name is Estefania, and I am the Communications and Outreach Officer for EPF, and I am your host for today's pod. Are you a first-time listener? Hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the most relevant and important patient stories, policy matters, project updates, and events surrounding healthcare in Europe. In today's episode, we will discuss the Horizon 2020 Personalized Medicine Trials or Permit Project, which concluded at the end of June 2022. The project brought together 12 partners spanning pan-European research infrastructures, patient representatives, funders, HTA organizations, and regulatory and scientific experts to improve personalized medicines research by establishing recommendations. To help us understand more about the project, its aims and impact, and what comes next, we've invited Paula Garcia to join us today. Paula is project manager at ECRIN, the European Clinical Research Infrastructures Network, the organization that coordinated the permit project. Welcome, Paula. Thanks so much for being on the pod with us today. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We are really excited to have you and to to learn all about the permit project. Um, So the project is formally coming to an end at the end of June 2022. Um, So now, um, can you tell us what the project was about and and how it came to be? Um, Yeah, sure. So the permit project was about putting together recommendations to improve the research methods that are used in personalized medicine research. Um, And there's a couple of reasons why we felt there was a need for this project. So first, we realized that personalized medicine is a field that is moving really fast. Um, It's a field where a lot of new designs and new methodologies are being used. Um, But we realized we were missing standards and harmonized practices, um, and we saw that there were different research teams that were taking on similar research questions, but going about it in very different ways. Um, Then we also felt that there were some discrepancies in what the different stakeholders in this field were expecting from the research. Um, And we wanted to bring everybody to the same table and see if we could reach consensus on what are the best methodologies that could be applied um, in this field. Um, And then we also felt that nobody was really looking at the full pipeline of personalized medicine research. So uh, some research teams were kind of focusing on the methods of, let's say, the clinical trials, and some were focusing on the methods of uh, the use of AI and machine learning to, to stratify groups of patients, but nobody was looking at the full picture. So we felt there was really a need in this field to look at the full pipeline and then really analyze the methods that were being used and then try to see if we could um, identify some best practices and and build some recommendations on that. Um, So in terms of the approach that we took um, to actually make this happen is um, we started by splitting up the research pipeline in, in four stages and then giving a specialized group of experts um, one of these stages to really look at. Uh, And the work really began um, in 2020 with each group uh, performing an analysis of the literature. So they went through 
both scientific publications uh, as well as gray literature kind of to map out the re the different research methodologies that were um, that were out there and that were being used in each of these uh, stages. And then um, having mapped out the methods, uh, they identified where the, the different gaps were. So what we wanted to see was where um, there were inconsistencies, whether it was too many different methods being used to solve the same question, or areas where maybe the regulation wasn't quite clear on what was expected from the investigators, or areas where the existing methods uh, were not efficient enough. Um, and we also wanted to explore uh, through this analysis if there were already some standards or best practices that were out there. Um, and this basically took up the first year of the project. Uh, and then when we had a clear idea of where the gaps were, um, we wanted to come up with recommendations. Uh, these recommendations, the idea was that they would help investigators in the future to design better personalized medicine research programs, but that they could also help all the other stakeholders who are involved in personalized medicine research. So, for example, the regulators who are assessing uh, the research, the health technology assessment agencies who are at the end of the line deciding on the reimbursement policies for uh, new personalized medicine technologies, uh, the patient communities, um, so really, we wanted to make sure that these recommendations would be, let's say, applicable and usable for, for everyone. Um, so in the second year of the project, what we did is we organized a series of workshops and working sessions, um, and this was all online because of the pandemic. Uh, and we invited the consortium members, but also field experts. Um, and in these working sessions, we pulled apart all the gaps that we had identified um, and we worked with the experts to come up with recommendations to address them. Um, and then we, together with these experts, we implemented different validation methods to ensure that there was consensus and that everyone agreed on them. And so the final outcome was uh, over 70 recommendations. Um, that are split up in those uh, initial stages that I that I mentioned and um, these recommendations are now out there um, to help investigators better plan and better execute uh, the research. Thank you so much for sharing this, Paula. It sounds like these recommendations were very much needed to support decision making for healthcare systems in the personalized medicine pipeline. 70 recommendations is huge. What a what a great feat. Um, could you share with us a little bit about how having these types of standards can impact the patient community and, and the standard of care? Uh, yeah, so um, I think a first point that's important to mention is that these recommendations, they're for personalized medicine research in any and all disease areas. Um, so when these recommendations are properly implemented by researchers, they are helping to produce better quality results. Um, and this should then translate into better technologies. So these technologies can be therapeutics, so drugs or medical devices, it, they can be diagnostics, or they can be better preventive approaches. Um, so if the quality of the personalized medicine research is better, this means that patients should be having access to solutions that are effective, uh, that are safe, and that are better tailored to their needs. Um, and I think another important point uh, is that several of the recommendations point to the importance of uh, improving patient involvement in the design and the execution of these research programs. 
Um, personalized medicine at its core is meant to be about putting the patient in the center. And so several of the recommendations really are a reminder that this should be done, um, but also that this should be done as early as possible. Um, we have a lot of experience with um, seeing the involvement of patients, let's say at the last stage with the clinical trials, but what we wanted to get across uh, or the message that we wanted to get across uh, with these recommendations was that uh, patient involvement should happen from the very beginning. If we want these research programs to be a success, we need to be sure that patients are getting um, getting on board really early on, defining the priorities and the research questions that are going to be uh, that are going to be addressed. Um, so, Estefania, I know that also um, I know that EPF has also been working on the question of personalized medicine for a while. So, I'd be curious to know how was it for EPF to work on the permit project. Absolutely. Um, so I think, I mean, a, a lot of the points that you've just mentioned really hit home for, for us and for our member organizations. Um, the concept of personalizing treatment, of course, it's not new. Um, but, you know, the kind of recent advances um, in medicine have shown really, you know, new and exciting possibilities in the way that people are going to respond to specific interventions. And, um, for patients, this has enormous value. Um, it can help in reduce trial and error treatments, um, you know, enable better choices for determining determining apologies, which medications um, could be most effective. And, you know, in a health systems perspective, it can also help manage rising healthcare costs. So um, this is a really exciting area for, for EPF and for our membership organizations. And so that is, you know, um, also why we were so excited to, to be on board for the permit project. Um, we have been a partner in the permit project, of course, for the last um, two and something years. Um, and our contribution has really been focusing on, you know, um, precisely what you said, Paula. So ensuring that the patient perspective and patient journey are considered in the recommendations from their inception. Um, and, you know, not just at the end stage or middle stage as it has been done before. Um, so we are really pleased um, with the results and, and how, you know, patient preferences have been integrated into these recommendations. And, you know, we, we are very excited to see, um, you know, kind of the next steps. Um, and that kind of brings me to my next question for you. Um, so what, what do you hope will happen with, um, with these recommendations? What are the kind of, um, you know, plans for uptake or next steps for permits? Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot coming um, our way. I mean, the project, uh, so we started by saying, you know, the project is, is now coming to an end, but for, I, I would say this is really just the beginning for the recommendations. So we're very working really hard on getting the rec recommendations out there and making them accessible to all the stakeholder groups. Um, so we've started by drafting a couple of scientific publications. Um, and we want to target them both to expert audiences, but also to non-expert audiences. Um, we're also working with the team at EPF to put together some lay summaries that we're going to make publicly available as well, because we really want the, let's say, the findings of, of, uh, of this project to be accessible to everyone. And we're also working on a series of training videos, and these will be available for free. And really, the idea of the training videos is to help uh, the different stakeholders with the uptake of the recommendations. So we don't want to just put them out there. We want to also um, provide different tools so that everybody who's um, interested in, 
in bringing them in, let's say, into their day-to-day -day work can do so. Um, so the training video should be available pretty soon. Um, there will be a short series, let's say, that provides an overview for somebody who just wants to get an idea of what the, the personalized medicine research pipeline is about and what the recommendations can do to help. Then there's a more, let's say, a deep dive kind of series that will cover each of the stages in more depth. And we're also working on a short series in lay terms that will provide an even, let's say, shorter snapshot of, uh, of what the general approach was, uh, what the personalized medicine research pipeline is about, and um, what the recommendations uh, can do. Um, and then, yeah, and then we're also just working really hard uh, to make noise uh, about everything we're doing, all the materials we're producing, um, and um, trying to get it out there as far as we can. So we're very uh, happy that we got this opportunity to talk uh, to talk to you today because this podcast is uh, is a great platform, um, yeah, to make noise and to get uh, to get this uh, information out there. Thank you once again, Paula, project manager at ECRIN, the organization that coordinated the PERMIT project for being with us here on the podcast today. PERMIT has come to an end. Um, PERMIT has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research Program under grant agreement 874825. To learn more about the project, the recommendations and the impact, please head to www.permit-eu.org. Stop. My name is Estefania and we are the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe with 77 members across the continent. You can stay up to date on all EPF news by following us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn or by visiting our website at www.eu-patient.eu. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for this podcast and we'll see you next time on the pod.